whatever you went through today, always remember that tomorrow will always be better. Never focus on the things that didn't become or the things that you didn't get. Know that tomorrow will be better. Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com, and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. Life was not easy for the little girl growing up in the Bronx. Alcoholic parents, domestic violence, a learning difference, wrong decisions, infidelity, and depression left Kimberly Yvette Griffin longing for a lifestyle for her and her three children that seemed beyond her reach. Writing in her journal helped her cope with feeling isolated. It helped when her parents died, and again after her son Joey committed suicide. A harsh reality forged a resolve and transformed this mother of three and grandmother of two into an award-winning publisher, editor, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, podcast host, public health advocate, author of seven books, and founder of a nonprofit organization. My conversation with Kimberly Griffin will begin with a look at the nonprofit organization Support Joey's Heart and a discussion about depression. Welcome, Kimberly. Please tell us about your son Joey and the nonprofit that honors his memory. Joey was a great young man. Uh, he was 27 when he took his life, but overall, great, great kid growing up, very shy, very humble. Um, very good looking, um, I must say. He was very smart. He he loved doing things with his hands. His passion was to open up a mechanic shop because he loved doing body work, fixing cars. Um, he knew technology very well. Joey enjoyed doing some sports, but not mostly that much sports. But overall, he was a good young man, but fell into a different circle that he got himself in trouble with. And it wind up making him go into depression and and he took his life on on an overdose. But overall, Joey was a good young man to me. I enjoyed the years, 27 years of him being here, 26. All I'm trying to do is keep his name living and keep his legacy going for my grandson. Tell us about the nonprofit. What are some of the activities that you do to help keep his name in the people's mind? All right, so Support Joey's Heart is a nonprofit 501c3 in honor of my son. It is a nonprofit that allows individuals that suffer with any hardship, any depression, any thoughts of feeling alone. We give them reassurance in group conversations, phone conversations, anything we can. We provide them the resources they need to get them through. 
And we also connect them with the people that may be in our circle that we can, you know, help them out. And we also do a lot of campaigns. I did three campaigns. I try to do three a year. I did one called Mommy's Blessing. That was for moms, young moms that had a hard time to COVID. And I was getting a lot of donations. So I gave out a lot of baby items for the moms and the moms-to-be. And then I had um, Hugs of Comfort. That was for moms who lost a child to gun violence. We gave them gift baskets because when I lost my son, I let myself go a little bit and I didn't know what to do. So I gave them all these little trinkets to keep themselves, you know, self-help, self-care is everything. And so I put a lot of little gifty things in there to keep them, you know, a focus on themselves, keep them pretty, keep the nails done, keep their hair done, you know, things like that, that would be important to them. And mirrors, books, you know, motivational poetry that my husband wrote. Then I also did um, um, support Joey's Hard Christmas Tree Drive. We got donations for bikes and uh, motorized cars, and we gave those to a child that may have lost a parent or maybe in a shelter or anything like that. So we gave out four of those cars with a few of my books. Then we do the goodie bag drive. We was doing that every month. So every month we would go in a neighborhood and introduce my books to children with a book. They would get um, some school supplies, and then they would get a, a bag of gummy bears. So that is what Support Joey's Heart represents, the nonprofit. We collaborate with other nonprofits. I share my story of testimony, speaking to a number of children that may be troubled, parents. I'm just giving them reassurance to let them know that things will upcome and uplift them and be okay. A lot of community support. That's really (laughs) admirable. Thank you. You are a prolific writer. Tell us about the seven children's books you have written. The first book I wrote was Joey's Boots. And this was one of the books that I was going to do with my son. I didn't mention that Joey also was an artist. He drew very well. So when he was living, he was going to do the the illustration for me while I wrote the book. Joey's Boots is about my grandson, his son. Most kids have adamant objects. And so my son's adamant object was cowboy boots. I mean, he wore these boots to sleep. He wore them everywhere he went. And he believed these boots gave him strength and power. So I introduced this book, Joey's Boots, to allow kids to not be worried or not believe that they're not accepted because they may carry around an adamant object. Some kids carry blankets. Some kids carry binkies. My son, grandson had boots, cowboy boots. And so that's what this story is about, Joey's Boots. It just teaches kids um, acceptance, strength, courage, not to be fearful. And he feared the dark. So when he wore his boots, it made him not fear the dark. So he would sleep with his boots on. Then there's uh, Through Daddy's <laughs> Eyes. Yeah. Then there's Through Daddy's Eyes. This book is about my oldest son and my granddaughter. My oldest son had a condition called sarcoidosis, and he lost part of his eyesight, leaving him with only one that he could par- partially see with. So everything he couldn't see, my granddaughter saw for him. And I just wrote a cute story to allow children to accept their parents for who they are. And it's called Through Daddy's Eyes. And it just tells a cute story about everything they do. And I just watched everything they do together. She would, They would get up together. She would ensure he had his toothbrush. She would put the toothpaste on it for him. They read together. He had like a magnifying glass and she calls it magic light because it has a light on it that I got him so he can see better. So she would make sure he has his magic light. Um, they read, she, He would try to read to her. All these things is a cute little story that's called Through Daddy's Eyes to ensure that children understand. Even parents that have a little bit of a disability, they're important too. Then there is Tick No More. This is by my youngest son, my youngest son, Kobe, who's in the military now. It's more of a bio book about everything 
that he went through. He had Tourette's syndrome and he felt like he wouldn't be accepted from kids. So he didn't want to be bullied. And so I wrote this story about everything I did with him to keep him not so focused on his tics. So I put him in every sport that I could think of. I put him in football. I put him in track. I had him skateboarding. I had a model in boxing. Everything he did. And as Kobe grew, the ticks out went away. And he wound up in and um got into the Air Force. And he made Airman of the Year, Airman of the Quarter. He's got all of these trophies and accolades that he's doing so great. And he's a personal trainer now as well as doing that. And he's going to be a firefighter. So this is more of a bio book about letting kids know, even if you have a disability, you can outweigh it if you just believe in you. Then there is Matthew and me. Matthew and me is about a little boy who has autism. And he meets a little girl named Lindsay in the park. And it teaches children to understand children with different abilities matter too. And it taught Lindsay to be patient with Matthew because Matthew had a different a different disability, you know, that allowed him not to maybe focus the way she focused. She wanted to know all these things. And so she talked to Matthew's mom and sure, the story ends by them becoming good friends. And every morning they would, you know, meet each other and go into the park. So it's a cute little story. Then there's My Beautiful Lips. My Beautiful Lips is about a little girl named Albana. And she's from Africa. And it teaches little girls to love the skin that they're in. Um, I had a complex about myself because of my full lips. Um, I didn't like them. And my mom always told me when she was living, one day your lips are going to make you famous. You're going to be talking because I was very shy. I didn't talk a lot. So My Beautiful Lips talks about Albana who had a cleft lip. And she had dreams of wanting to have beautiful lips like all the little girls. And she was in an orphanage. All the little girls in the orphanage, so they didn't make fun of her. Because when she ate, her food would drop out of her mouth. And she winds up meeting a lady named Mary. And Mary takes her to get surgery. And she winds up getting beautiful lips. And then she becomes a model. So that's what my beautiful lips is about. <laughs> then there's Kyla's history lesson. This is about a little girl that's in the third grade. And she wants to be an influential person. But she wants to be an African-American leader. So this story teaches her about a lot of the influential women leaders that and the things they've done. And it just gives her motivation to want to be the same way and speak up for what's right. And then the last one is Kim's first day of school, which is about everything that happens to a child that enters the educational world in kindergarten or pre-K on the first day of school and how we must allow them to become big boys or big girls. And that's the phrase I use with my kids. You got to be a big boy to do this. You can't cry. You you have to share. You got to wash your hands. So it's all those little things, all in one little cute story that I just put together called Kim's First Day of School. And I use my name so I can share some things I remember that my mom did with me. Fabulous books. Those <laughs> are really, really cool books. Thanks. So you. You, you draw on your experience as a mom and as a grandma, but you're also a social worker. Yes. I'm, I I was a a mental health counselor, qualified mental health professional, worked with kids, not kids. I work with some kids, but more or less adults that have uh, health disparities, uh, schizophrenia, depression, bipolar, uh, all those things. And um, did casework for them, um, skill building sessions, and all of those things. So I did that for about a year and a half. And then I got laid off with COVID. And I also was a teacher. I taught health sciences for four years. Um, I was a health educator as well. Did phlebotomy, did nurses. I did so many things. And all my knowledge that I 
use, I, I place in my books too as well. So, yeah. I've had a very, well, I shouldn't say very, I've, I've had a couple of careers and my daughter always said she admires me for reinventing myself. And I said, well, it was usually out of necessity. It wasn't like a fad I was trying right. to follow. But right. as y- y- what I hear from you is all of the things that you've done have mm-hmm. benefited you now in Amen. your career as an yes. author and as yes. an editor. Yes. And it's really an advantage. And I feel the same way. It's like I bring mm-hmm. all of this wealth of knowledge from several mm-hmm. different disciplines into mm-hmm. what I'm doing now. And I am so grateful. So I I understand where you're coming from. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that is exactly what I do. Everything that I gain, all the knowledge and experiences, even as a mom, I, I share them with others, either my books, my magazines, through motivational speaking. You know, I give as much, I'm not perfect, but I give as much knowledge from experiences as, as I can to someone that needs it or who wants to listen. So, yeah. I want to talk a bit about signs of depression. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we recognize someone who is depressed and mm-hmm. what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. How can well, we help? It, yes. The, I think the one thing we must understand that um, the biggest one is isolation. You know, uh, people that are depressed normally want to stay in. They, they don't enjoy being engaged in any uh, company, any activity, anything. They just want to be alone. You know, they have this fear. I was depressed twice. They have this fear that people may judge them or or say things about them. It depends on what you're depressed about. Now, my, my son was depressed because um, he took a long, wrong uh, turn in life and decided to engage in recreational drugs. And it got really bad. And, and he became addicted to uh, cocaine, a choice. And he couldn't get over it. He couldn't shake it. And then all of these things kept happening and he lost his license. He had a DUI. All these horrible things was happening to him. And he couldn't change it because once you disobey the law, they take your license and you have and it. And it got so bad, he got a felon. So that took away his career for being a, a mechanic and getting a shop and everything just went downhill and he came very depressed. So he isolated himself a lot. I noticed these things, but when you can't control a person when they don't live with you any longer, you can only talk to them. As his mom, we do, as parents, we do get a little angry because we say, you know better. And, you know, I did those things. Never did I expect that my son would want to overdose himself because he didn't want to be here no more. So I think the signs that we need to pay attention to is the isolation them um, just sheltering themselves because he stood in the room in the dark, you know, for like four days. This is what I heard after he passed away. Drinking, extra drinking, extra, I'm just take trying to take the pain away. And I think the best thing to do by me and my experiences dealing with my clients was to listen, allow them to speak and just listen. Just listen to anything. If they want to scream, they want to holler, just as long as they don't hurt themselves or you, but allowing them to speak without judging them on anything. And, and that's what I've been doing. And a lot of people have been really, really pleased with the conversations we have. How are you? I mean, you must have been devastated. I, I can't even imagine the pain that you went through and are continuing to go through. Yeah, it, it's a tough process. Um, I have my moments. Um, I have my times when it's tough for me, you know, because as I stated, 2019 was, was so bad for me. I mean, I had deaths after deaths after deaths. 
started with my dad in January, then my mom in July, and I found her in the house, and then my son in October. So this was all in 10 months that I kept getting deaths. So I never had a chance to mourn or process or, you know, anything. It was just one after the other. But I'm a big believer in, in you know, following the spirit of God. And that it was my way of coping by, um, you know, just giving everything out, just giving everything out, writing stories and listening to other people's past painful experiences with my magazine has been very therapeutic for me. Because the times when I thought things were bad for me, someone had it worse. So listen to how they overcame their situations, taught me how to overcome mine. And I wrote down everything I wanted to talk about and what bothered me the most and why. And I just started speaking about it. I started speaking about my childhood and how I was bullied and how I used to stutter and how I was told I would never be nothing. And, and it worked and it made me feel better. I didn't hold on to it anymore. I wasn't afraid. And so that helped me a lot. And even now, there's still times that I go through the process. So I just started, I decided to write a bio book. So my husband's writing my bio book about me, titled Releasing Me. So I'm releasing everything that bothered me in my life and sharing it so someone else could be motivated. So that, that is how I cope with um, losing my son and losing um, my parents all in 10 months and all the other things I went through in my life. That is how I get you know, my frustration out, you know, because I get frustrated because my son was so young and I, he didn't get to enjoy life. And, and, you know, I felt like it wasn't fair. But knowing my son is at peace, I, I feel good. So that is how I get through. You also said something about support. So mm-hmm. talking has helped you listening and really connecting with other people. But I've met your husband and yes. he seems like such a truly supportive person and the fact Very. that he's an author he's helping mm-hmm. you write your book that's mm-hmm. got to be a tremendous gift to you as well yes it is very much grateful to god for the man and the husband that i have um he's taught me so much to believe in myself he listens he's passionate um we work together as a team um we do everything together and um it's like one hand washes the other because Without him, I don't know if I would have been able to process all these things because every death, everything I went through, he has been right there, right there, everything. I'm very grateful for his support more than anything. You know, a person that can be that close with you is very, very much needed when you're going through that type of transition in life. It reminds me of a a picture. I I don't want to call it a meme because I don't want to degrade the value of it, but it's, it's a a picture called in a poem called footprints and yes. this person is talking about god you know i see two sets of footprints and then i see one why did you abandon me and god comes back and says that was when i was carrying you get goosebumps thinking about it and it's it's to me a faith in god mm-hmm. but also that person like your husband mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. lifts you up who picks mm-hmm. you up when mm-hmm. you can't walk alone yes he's helping you yes that is so true talk about your magazine bully magazine i gave the name bully because life can be a bully you know and so people think of the name bully as someone harming or intimidating you but we talk about bully as anything that bullied its way into your life and how you overcame the situation 
So it's a motivational magazine that allows people to speak freely on their past painful experiences. People hold on to things for years and never want to talk about it. But it's bullying its way into their life, cancer, depression, domestic violence, uh, drugs, substance, um, the loss of a child, the loss of a loved one, anything that bullied its way into your life, tell the story and how you overcame that situation. So someone else can read that. Everything is relatable. We, we feed off of things or they had the same relatable experiences. How do you do this? So we put it in publication so people can view it either digitally or in paperback, read those stories and open up because it's all about mental health. Our mental health is so important for us to be able to survive life. And so by letting go of the resentful past experiences will help you get through a better day. And that's easy to say, but it's not always easy to do. At all, not at all. So for listeners who find themselves holding on to resentments from their early life or, you know, five years ago, even a year ago, how, how can they start to let go? The first thing is to, is to talk about it. And, and that is how we do it. We do our audio sessions are, I mean, our interviews are done audio. We, we like a conversation, just like I would do when, when I was working in a counseling session. Tell me about the things that have bothered you in your life and how you want to get over it. Something that really bothers you, um, you know, and they have to be up to it, of course. And they talk about it and they just, you know, some, some people cry, some people don't, but they get it off their chest, you know, and there's no finger pointing. This is a non-judgmental. We don't tell you, you need to do that. We don't do any of that. We just allow you to talk about it, freely get it off your chest. And we put it in paperback, uh, paperback or digital format with pictures of yourself or your business. And, 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 and when they see it, they feel so good. Like, oh, wow, look at me. I look good. I, you know, so it kind of motivates them and inspires them to want to do better by getting that off their back. So what haven't I asked you that is important for our listeners to know? The process of being a grandmother, the process of being a grandmother to a child that has such a tight relationship with his daddy and he's no longer here. I tell you that that was the most painful experience for me and my husband to uh, relate that to a three-year-old, you know, at the time he was Mm. three. Um, It was very tough for us to do that because he didn't understand, you know, he just like, he just said that my daddy's sick, my daddy's sick, you know, but then every time he came here, he would run in rooms and and why is daddy not coming back? I said, daddy's sick. He said, well, you know, he didn't understand that about heaven. And, you know, it was, it was so, so hard. And, and it was times he would cry. There's times he would be angry. And then he said, well, if, if my daddy's with, with, with God, if he's with Jesus, then, then can you let me go with the Jesus too? So I could see daddy. And I'm like, I can't let you go. But it was, that's the most difficult thing to do to a child that doesn't understand. So I would try to give him all these sessions um, in illustration and cartoon and video format for him to understand, you know, the process, but he's gotten better, but there's still times that he, uh, he'll tell me that he dreamed with daddy and I said, that's good, you know, but that is really hard being a grandma to a child that is so young 
and they don't understand. So, yeah. So tell me about your relationship with your grandson. Do you, does he live with you? Does he live with his mom? He lives how, with his mom. How is, we have a great so relationship. How often, oh, that's yeah. good. I was wondering how it, often you get to see him. Yeah, I, I actually, he graduated. He's going to kindergarten now. And so um, we were able to do the video Zoom and watch him step up. And uh, we always do video chats with him when he, when he calls us. A very smart little kid. And um, we talk with him and his face, face always lights up when he sees us and loves his papa. Everything is papa, papa. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And then I have a granddaughter, too. She's uh, six. She graduated. She's going first grade. So they're both in New York, and um, I had them last summer for like two months, which was like, woo, uh, it was a lot because, you know, a boy and a girl, you know, no shit, you know, fighting over one toy. But overall, I enjoy being a grandma. I really do. Now, are they siblings or are they different parents? No, they're different parents. My oldest son, Chris, who's 34 today. He has a daughter, which is Casey Monroe, and uh, she's six. So she's in New York as well. And then there's Joey, who passed away. Little Joey, four. He'll be five. Think about your grandparents. Mm -hmm. What kind of influence did they have on the way you have become a grandma? Well, my grandparents were, they didn't live very long. So I don't really remember them much. But... um, I do know that um, my first previous marriage that I was in a relationship with, which was Joey's dad, all my son's father, he passed away in 2014, which was another reason why Joey was very depressed. And so his grandmother was like a grandmother to me. And all the things she instilled was to always be supportive of your kids, always ensure that they eat well, always ensure, you know, all the motherly instincts always ensure that they pray, you know, all of those things that she instilled in me is what I remember as being a grandma that I want to be the same way. And especially with my mom too, um, being supportive to my grandchildren. So what type of activities do you do with the children? What, what do you enjoy? Oh, I enjoy, we, we enjoy drawing, we enjoy uh, board games. Um, well, of course, we enjoy sports. Uh, we like to bike ride. They love climbing, so they have me climbing all over everything. I like taking them to the mall to climb on the rocks. Um, what else? They love basketball, sports. Not so much, but they really, really enjoy drawing. They love to draw. So we have drawing contests. And the drawing contest consists of whoever gets the best drawing. We'll have like a jelly beans or something. And, you know, we pick the one we want. And, and then and, and, but they really enjoy that. Where can our listeners find your books and find information about your magazine, your motivational speaking? How can they find you on the Internet? I'm on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, of course, Kimberly Y. Frederick Griffin on social media, Instagram and Facebook. And then uh, for my magazine, you go to Bully Magazine um, and I'm on there. And then on Instagram as well. I'm also for my nonprofit, you can find me on Support Joey's Heart, which is on Instagram and Facebook as well. 
Then for the website, you can go to bullymagazine2020.com and you will find all my magazines up there and everything that I've been doing as far as speaking engagements and what's coming up next. And then for the nonprofit, you can go to supportjoeysheart.org. Then for my books, they're all on Amazon. So you can go to amazon.com backslash author backslash K Griffin, which is G-R-I-F-F-I-N 68. And you will see all of my books and everything that I have published on amazon.com. And that is how you can find me. And you do have your books on, on Joey's supportjoey.org too. Yes, I do. You're absolutely right. When you click on the book, it'll take you straight to Amazon. Help us wrap up by giving our listeners some words of wisdom. What do you think they, what haven't we talked about that is important for them to know that you want them to know? My words of wisdom is always make tomorrow better than today. Whatever you went through today, always remember that tomorrow will always be better. Never focus on the things that didn't become or the things that you didn't get. Know that tomorrow will be better. And and that's what I do every day. I wake up every day and I say, today's going to be a good day. Or if today's not a good day, tomorrow will be a better day. And that has got me through a lot of circumstances and everything that transitioned in my life going on two years for me. So um, that is how I focus. So I think people shouldn't so much worry about um, the challenges that we have in life because God will make it better for you. And then it's my strong belief. And I'm a testimony of faith to even tell this story about me and the things I went through because I had some hard challenges. I lost a lot, um, loved ones, objects, you know, but my spirit is very, very strong. So that is the motivation I would give to anyone. I am impressed with your resilience. I, <laughs> I, I love the books. I mean, they're so colorful and their yes. stories are so powerful for these little children yes. and to have turned everything, all of the good and all of the not so good in your life mm-hmm. into the positive things that you're doing for the community yes. and for your family and mm-hmm. for others with the books and donating them. And you're, mm-hmm. you're a pretty special person and I'm glad to know Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's all turning pain into purpose. It's all God's way. And when God gives you your vision, you have to make sure you're ready for your assignment. And, and that is what I'm doing. I don't worry about how I'm going to get it done. I just do it. I plan, I strategize, yeah, yeah. and I do it. You know, and then later things start falling. The resources come. The people call me. Uh, the donations come in. And, and that's how it gets done. And it's still continuing that way. I'm very obedient in everything I do. So I stay that way. Well, it's certainly nice to have met you. I really believe in, in God. And I believe that there are few coincidences in this world. And when I mentioned earlier that I knew Kimberly's husband, it was because of a chance encounter. Mm -hmm. I, some of you know that I hurt my hip and I've had to, you know, go to physical therapy and see an orthopedic doctor. And I happened to be on the elevator at the same time her husband got on the elevator. 
and followed him. And he was going to the same orthopedic practice I was going to and happened to notice on the back of his shirt that it said author W. Griffin. Mm-hmm. And I started chatting with him about his writing. And then mm-hmm. one thing led to another. And here Kimberly is on the podcast. And I don't think that was an accident. And Not I'm really all. grateful. I'm really Amen. grateful that you're here. Amen. I'm glad to to be here. And I'm so honored that you allowed me to share my story and all the things that I'm doing. Thank you. I offer you my deepest condolences on the death of your son. And I am very happy to have found your books to be able to recommend them to to my listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.